Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits. And today I'm going to be talking about the idea of 30 things to do before you're 30, because I am in the midst of writing a book on this topic. And it really is 30 things to do before you're any age. So stay with me. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Okay, so yesterday I started my book, actually the day before, really focusing on 30 things to do before you're 30. And the reason that I started this book on this topic is because of the fact that I got so much viral interest in my videos about things to do in your 20s. And so I was like, wow, like 12 million people have seen those videos. There's been tons of likes and comments on those videos. I think that there is a need out there for people who are in their 20s of stuff that they just don't know. And it's funny because I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. I'm here in Michigan at our lake house. And her and I were talking about the fact that, you know, their mom really never had a talk with them about the birds and the bees. They never talked about their periods. They never taught them about, you know, investing or money or stocks or men or relationships, like literally nothing. And, you know, growing up myself, I was given a quick rundown, if you will, about the birds and the bees and menstruation and things of that nature. But there, it was kind of like you were left to your own devices when it came to understanding relationships. You were supposed to just kind of observe the world and hope for the best. You know, and when you grow up in a family that has divorce or fighting or, you know, dissonance, it's really hard to gauge what a good and healthy relationship is because you really have nowhere to look for that. And it's the same that goes for money or clothing or hair. It doesn't matter what it is. It's really difficult as a child or a person you know, to understand all the things that they need to know to be a successful member of society, a successful adult in a healthy relationship with a healthy body. I have found it really important for my children to teach them what food is. Now, I know you're like Meredith, everyone knows what food is. And yes, we do. But there's a difference. I really think it is important to teach our children, when you're hungry, this is what you should choose. When you're hungry, go to bananas, apples, oranges, cheese, you know, get some turkey, some yogurt, have a healthy snack when you are getting hungry, if it's in between meals. That when you have a meal, a salad or soup or whatever can be healthy. It doesn't have to be a Big Mac and French fries. It doesn't have to be cookies. It doesn't have to be junk food. And so I have found it very important to teach my children that when that little bell in their head rings and says, I'm hungry, that this, these options here are food. These are food. 
So go to these things. And I think that this is a habit that we create. Either I have to have dessert every single night after dinner. I need to have a bowl of cereal before I go to bed. Whatever it is, I believe that we teach, we need to teach our children these habits. Because when they're done playing sports, they're still going to eat the 3,000 calorie macaroni and cheese, but their body isn't going to be able to burn it off as well when they're in their 20s. So teaching people, teaching humans that you shouldn't talk to your partner by calling names or bringing up everything that they ever did in their life during a fight being respectful, being kind, being loving, being supportive, having a listening ear, holding space, how to be a good friend, how to be a good partner, how to be a good parent. Like no one's teaching this. No one's teaching this. And if your parents don't teach you this, or you don't have some aunt or uncle or best friend's parents who just happen to share this kind of stuff with you. Where are we learning this? We know how to do algebra. We know what an amoeba is. We know who signed the Declaration of Independence. But no one knows how to invest in the stocks. No one knows compound interest. No one knows how to buy real estate at a good interest rate and why you would do so. And what that looks like versus renting. I mean, the majority of humans running around on this planet do not get to start figuring all this shit out until they're like in their 30s and 40s. No one's talking about it. You'd have to read a thousand books. Most people don't even know that these things exist. And I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame to think that a 20-year-old person is thrown into society with no comprehension of what they should know by the age of like 22 and all the things that will benefit their life for the rest of their life if they just figured it out now, if someone just took the time to talk about it. And so I'm writing a book about it. And it was supposed to be a short and sweet book, but it's turning into a very detailed project because I think that there's a lot of nuance to what I'm getting into. And I want to be very, very clear to the reader what I'm trying to impart upon someone reading the book. Because I think that a lot of times parents aren't sharing what needs to be shared and kids are left to suffer for decades because they don't know it. The first chapter that I wrote is entitled know your worth and add tax. And that saying was a a comment over and over again on my TikTok video about advice to women in their twenties. Because I know for a fact that the majority of people on this planet do not know their worth. Their worth is caught up in their parents' approval of them, their their friends' liking of them, a partner or boyfriend or girlfriend's favor of them. 
the entirety of their self-worth is caught up in others and the view and feeling of themselves by way of other people's eyes. They have no ability to use themselves as a mirror. And this stems from being an infant. As infants, we are looking at people's faces and expressions and trying to figure out where we fit in that person's eyes in life. But there's needs to be a time in childhood, in my opinion, where the parent starts to instill self-worth in that child the way that child thinks about themselves. I think I've talked about it here before. When my kids do something amazing, which they do things that are amazing, I am quick to say you should be really proud of yourself for all the hard work, for taking the time, for studying, for working hard at softball, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is for being a good friend, for taking care of their room or their bodies. You should be really proud of yourself, which takes the onus and focus off of the way that they think or hope or want me to feel about them. It's jarring. It's jarring for a child to have to think about themselves in that way. But the sooner you can do this, the more your child will stop looking to the world around them for who they are and their value. Asking them what they want, letting them make decisions. I know adults who are incapable of making a decision completely. I mean, when I say Adults that are incapable of making decisions, I mean incapable. They have to call people. They have to do research. They have to ask all their friends, their family. They him, they ha, and then they just don't even make a decision because they are frozen in their own abilities to know what is right for them. Because either one, they were never allowed to make a decision, or two, all the decisions that they did make were second-guessed or undermined. And so now they know I will get a never negative reaction or response if I choose to go with what I feel is right for me. Do you know you're doing this to your children? Do you know your parents did this to you? Can you recognize yourself as being wishy-washy and unable to make a choice and a decision? These are our actual skills. These are skills that you are imparting by way of parenthood onto your children. By taking their power, by taking their failures, by taking their lessons from them because your ego can't handle your child failing because it's too difficult. It's too painful to watch your child struggle. Instead, your child gets to struggle for the rest of their life because you took away all of their lessons and failures. Holy shit, this is good. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're not helping our kids. We just want them to be good and thin and pretty and intelligent and talented and go to college. Oh, and then just don't ask me for any money after you graduate. 
even though I've taught you zero ability to work, zero ability to hold a job, zero ability to take care of yourself or invest or buy a home or know how to do anything. What? What? And then we're irritated when our kids get pregnant before they're married. We're irritated when our kids get a divorce because they picked an inappropriate partner. We're irritated when their marriage or a relationship doesn't work out and they come crying to us because they're in this shit relationship because no one ever taught them about relationships. No one explained to their children that relationships have their ups and downs. It's not always going to be passion. That you can't call your partner an asshole and expect it to go well especially if their partner is a healthy person. And if they do allow their partner to call him an asshole, you are probably not with someone who has much self-worth and is not very healthy. The basics of society are not expressed and taught to children. And we see that every day in the new generations that are not capable. We see it in Gen X, you know, we see it in our parents' generation where they didn't save for retirement. They didn't invest in things that would allow them to live a long life without working to the day that they die. We need to start helping our kids and our 20-somethings go from the nest to society without flailing for 10 years or longer after they turn 20. I've told people over and over again, if you think parenting a two-year-old or a four-year-old is difficult, if you think that raising kids is difficult, wait till your kid is 18. Holy shit, that's way more difficult. Big kids, big problems. Because now you have no control. Now you really have very little say and they're out there flailing around all of the world trying to figure it out and you missed about 30 topics of shit you should have taught them a long time ago. If your kid is calling you three, four, five, six times a day, it's because they are incapable of making choices. They are You have taken their power away from them and they are frozen with knowing how to live their life. We have to teach kids their how, and we have to teach kids their worth by way of them finding their worth, by way of confidence, by way of making decisions and failing and getting over it and making friends and losing friends and then fixing it and, and, and getting the F on the paper or the test and then recognizing that they don't want that in their life anymore or getting benched because they didn't practice or they forgot their uniform. We don't do that. We, we, we run in to save our kids all the time. And so they never have the ability to learn to trust themselves. When you as an adult gain confidence and grow as a person, 99% of the time, that's going to be during a challenge in your life that you overcame, that you figured out. You don't learn shit on the beaches of Turks and Caicos, people. That's not where you have these great growth moments. 
Growth happens during challenges. Growth happens in stick-to-itiveness. Growth happens when you fail and you get back up. But we take all of that from our children and expect them to all of a sudden at age 20 have it all together. But we've taken all of their experiences from them and then wonder why they date idiots that are inappropriate for them because they have zero self-confidence and zero self-worth. Which house should I buy? Which guy should I date? I have no self-esteem. I'm in an abusive relationship. But gee, I wonder why. Your mother was so worried about you failing and affecting her ego and the way she looked that she saved you from every challenge you've ever encountered. Not healthy. Not healthy. As parents, we usually will will make our, our children afraid of everything, afraid of trying things because we are worried that they are going to die. And yes, we don't want our children to fall off the playground equipment. We don't want our children to die skydiving. We don't want our children to go into a country that is unsafe and be killed in their gap year between high school and college. No. But so often parents parent from such a place of fear that the only place that a child feels safe is in a 10-mile radius around their parents' home. I have gone on so many trips where I literally don't want to tell my mom because I know for a fact all I'm going to get is negative feedback. Oh my God, you can't go there. Oh my God, that's dangerous. Oh, be careful. Bah, 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 bah. When I graduated high school, I literally moved down the street, like three doors down, like down, like two, like two blocks. I could not li leave my city. I went and worked at a job that my stepfather worked at. I had no ability to branch out on my own. No ability. The world was a scary and dangerous place. I mean, for shit's sake, growing up, storms could take you out. You know, I mean, don't take a shower. You'll be killed because of a lightning. So, I mean, like, to the idea of, like, getting and going and moving to California or Arizona or Florida and having that confidence to be able to branch out and do it and push yourself and experience new things. Oh, no. That's a hard no. It's a hard pass. Thank you. I will go and do exactly what my stepfather does. I will live in the community around me. I will do nothing. I will not try new things. I will not get a career. I will be a housewife. I know how to do that. That looks safe. Perfect. I had absolutely no ability to trust myself. And that's a shame. I don't regret anything. I wish I would have done some things differently, but that doesn't mean I regret it. But we have to instill these things in our children, self-worth, confidence, healthy boundaries. These things are important. Another thing we need to teach our children is to be fearlessly themselves. Just be you. Figure out what that is. It could change from day to day. But we don't teach kids to be confident in who they are. 
they blend, they fit in, they look like all the other kids around them. And yes, you can, you know, really support your child into doing that. And if they don't feel comfortable, especially you'll see this in middle school, everyone looks exactly the same. Everyone dresses exactly the same. But you know what? When you see that kid at your kid's school with pink hair, green hair, nose piercings, you know, emo as they call them, don't say to your kid sitting next to you who's dressed like everyone else, what's that kid's problem? Who are they? Why are they dressed so weird? Because what you're teaching your child is to be an individual is bad. To be yourself, to find your own style, to branch out of the norms of society is to be judged and ridiculed. What you say about other people to your kids is what you're teaching your kids. You're teaching them. You're sending a message. Might be about someone else. It's still a message. Growing up, I always heard all of this negativity about people that were overweight or of different heritage or different colored skin. There's messaging there. It might not be someone that I know. It might not be me, but it's still messaging. What are the messages that you are talking about others, but that your kids are picking up? If you talk shit about your friends, you are teaching your children to be a gossip. Ding, 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 ding. If you are running your mouth about this, that, and the other, that is messaging. They are in the room. They are in the next room. They are hearing you gossip. They are hearing you judge. They are hearing you, you know, whatever. That's messaging to them. That is the way that they will feel. That is the voice in your kid's head is what you are saying about other people. Do you know that? The shit you say in your house is the same voice in your kid's head. You might not be saying it to them, but if you are shaming people that are overweight, messaging, if you are shaming people that spend their money differently or whatever it is, I don't even know. Like, I don't even, I can't even go there, honestly messaging to your children. If you are talking negatively about people that have less than you, messaging to your children, poor people are not worthy. Messaging, everything you say is the voice in your kid's head that will go with them forever until they undo it. So they read one of my books and listen to my podcast and go, wait, there's a different way of thinking? Wait, what? <laughs> My parents didn't know everything. This is why you see so much pain in people that are in their 20s. This is why we see, you know, the op opioid crisis. This is why we see deaths, suicide, addiction, fentanyl overdoses. Because all the shit that these kids heard till they were 20 years old is now being challenged. Now they're figuring out that that wasn't the only way. That all the things in their head that they've been taught, either they can't escape it, all the shit in their head, they can't get out of it, 
They can't find their way out. The voice is consistent and constant or they have to deconstruct it because now they're learning new ways of life, new ways of thinking, new ways of being. I think it's important to teach stupid stuff. I don't care how stupid it is. I think it's important to teach kids how to do their hair. I'm not kidding. I've spent the last, I don't know, four and a half decades messing with my hair, trying to get it to be something that it's not. There's a waste of money. There's a waste of time and effort. Not learning how to deal with naturally wavy hair in any way, shape, or form. Not knowing the products, not knowing how to handle it, not knowing what to do with it, not realizing that if you get a perm and it's going to grow out in about two minutes and then you have to get another perm, or if you get it straightened, it's going to be curly in the roots in about two minutes. If you bleach your hair, it's going to grow out in about two minutes. Learn how to do your own damn hair. Figure it out. Figure out what's best for your face shape, for your hair texture. If you want to color it, great, but find the best way to do that. It's not going to destroy your natural hair texture and turn it into straw. Learn how to do your makeup. When my oldest daughter started wearing makeup, I took her to a makeup place. They'll do your makeup for free if you just buy like $50 worth of products. And now there's a tutorial for like literally everything. But I took Skylar to MAC and I said, we're looking for natural makeup that she can do herself in about five minutes. They did that. Done. And then she knew what to do and didn't look like a raccoon. I took the steps. I took my youngest daughter to get a hair appointment with someone that is a master at curly hair. Yes, all the things that I'm talking about are very privileged. I understand that. But I will say when I took my daughter, I did not have as many of the means, but I knew that the $50 that I had to pay for products would be worth it because my daughter was getting into makeup and I knew all hell was going about to break loose in the makeup department. And I just didn't want it to go south and I didn't want it to be coming from me. So yeah, my younger daughter, she has curly, wavy hair, very thick, very coarse, just like me. All of her friends have picked straight hair, except for one. And so she wants her hair to be picked straight. And I took her to a curly hair professional to teach her how to do her hair. Because it wasn't going to come from me. Because she didn't listen to her mom. So I had to find a, I had to find a way. And I will still talk to her and be like, well, I know you want to do this, but just know that at the end, you might want to use a curling iron instead of a straightener because of the texture of our hair. Learn to love your hair, your skin, your face, your body. Learn to love if you have a big chest or a small chest or big hips or a big ass or small no hips, big weight, whatever it is. Learn to have self-worth and love the parts of you. And I know these are difficult, challenging things for teens and tweens and 20-somethings because you look around and you want to be everything like the people around you. But this is where it comes from, you know, usually a daughter could have their mother's figure. My daughters are shaped exactly like me. So the more I talk positively about myself, the more they are going to look positively at themselves. The more my husband talks positively about me and the way I look, 
the way that they are going to feel more beautiful in the way that they look. You see, all of this is trickle down. All of this spreads. The way you talk about yourself, your kids are listening. That's messaging in their head. If I said, oh my God, I'm so fat. Oh my God, I'm so fat. Like, I can't even take it. Like, I'm so fat. I can't even handle it. No, don't say that. I don't say that around my kids. I do talk about, I'm going to go for a walk so that I can get healthier. I'm going to lift weight so that I can get stronger and I don't get osteoporosis. Messaging, self-worth, self-love, self-care. They're listening whether you realize it or not. Again, our children are walking computer programs and you are programming them. You're programming them from hate, for love, for whatever it is, you are programming them. It is your responsibility for the way that you talk, the things that you share, the way that they feel about themselves. If you hit your kids and then tell them that you love them, you are teaching your children that people that love you hit you. If you tell your kids that you love them and then you call them an asshole or a shitty kid or a horrible person, then they will believe that people that love them talk horribly to them. This is not rocket science. And I just don't think society is teaching children to be healthy, productive citizens of this world. We're teaching them in fear. We're teaching them ego-based by way of our parental egos. We're holding back on the sex talk, on the drug talk, on addiction talk, because we're afraid if I talk to my kids about drugs, addiction, or sex, they're going to go do drugs and have sex. And that is 100% proven to be not the case. The more you talk to your kids about stuff, the less likely they are to do it. You are not introducing your kids to sex. I promise you, their friends have already gotten to them by the time you get to them. Parents are still afraid to do it. They're in their own goddamn way. I literally have parent friends who jokingly, I'm assuming, will say, Meredith, can you just have the sex talk with my kid? I, I do not want to do it. Yeah, well, guess what? When your kid gets in trouble, they're going to come to me for that too. You need to be the go-to person. You need to be the safe space where anything goes and anything can be talked about. You need to be that person. You need to be the end-all, be-all. And get outside of your own fear and your own head and your own ego about all this stuff. I'm amazed on a daily basis when I talk to people how completely incapable they are. Grown adults that have no ability to get themselves out of a paper bag, let alone figure out their lives. And it, I'm, I'm not saying that I blame parents. I blame society. We've gotten to this place where, I mean, animals teach their kids more than we teach ours. We think that taking them to baseball and making sure they do their homework and keeping them alive and fed, that's the end of it. And it's not. We need to teach our kids about money and investing. We need to teach our kids about following their dreams, healthy boundaries, traveling, saying yes, being a good friend, being a good partner, being a good parent. Being a good pet owner, do you know how many people I've seen that are really, really not good pet owners? I was one of them in my 20s. Zero responsibility. But 
when you have a family pet or you don't have a family pet, but when you do and mom does absolutely everything, those kids don't fully appreciate how much goes into being a pet owner because you did it all for them. You didn't make them take responsibility for the house pet. And then they grow up thinking, oh, being a pet owner is easy. You just have to feed it. No, there's more that goes into it. Like if they eat a rock and you have to pay $2,000 for surgery for your dog, you need to have pet insurance or the like. So much is not taught. Anyways, I have a book on Amazon that is live. If you're interested in purchasing it, it's called Mindset Mastermind, 10 Steps to Change Your Life Forever. There's a link in my bio on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page, uh, my TikTok page, everywhere that you can find my link tree. It's on Amazon. It should be able to ship worldwide. Again, you have to put uh, mindset, mastermind, and then put 10 steps to change your life forever. That was live October 6th. So if you're interested, it's a, about 100 pages, easy read. There's prompts in there to help you. So my book is live on Amazon, and I should be hopefully getting this next book in the next couple of months, 30 things to do under 30 but to do before you're 30, but honestly, it's 30 things that you need to do before you're 40, 50, 60, 70, or dead. Because just because you're 30 doesn't mean all of a sudden you know all these things. So these are things that I really feel that all humans should know. I'm not going to say it's geared towards women, but it, there's a possibility that I, I am writing it for all sexes. But so anyways, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this concept and these ideas have spurred you to keep an eye out for my book or to think a little bit deeper as a parent or as a child, maybe something that you've missed that you need to look deeper into, go research other books that might have uh, talk about these types of concepts. But thanks so much for listening. And I will see you guys here next week. Share this with someone if you think that they need to hear it. And yeah, I appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.